Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, a podcast with your two favorite lesbians. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. If you are a longtime listener, thank you as always for joining us. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are excited to have you here, especially on this episode. And here is what's been going on lately. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base with things happening with the podcast and otherwise. And our first thing that we want to tell you all about is that we have booked a live show in Boston. We are so excited. Not just a live show in Boston, a live show in Boston on Pride Weekend. It's going to be so great. Also, because you are all our listeners, and this is the first time we're telling you this, I want to tell you a story of how this happened because I think it's amazingly... (laughs) gaily serendipitous so lee texts me and is like hey just so you know i'll be in boston the weekend of june 7th or 8th if you're doing anything i was like you're not you're joking like that is literally boston pride weekend so for some reason well one of lee's friends is getting married thank you lee's best friend katie getting married on pride weekend amazing i love it when straight people get married on pride weekend right right amazing we're both gonna be in the same place so we were like we need to book a show daniela book something for us thank you daniela as always so we are going to have a show on june 8th probably at 7 p.m we have not solidified the exact time but we will let you know at city space which i believe is by bu if you live in boston it's gonna be amazing make sure you put june 8th on your calendars we would love to see you there We cannot wait. We are so excited. Uh, Also, we are starting to get our first Les Hangouts put together. So we have at least three of them planned, which is crazy. So if you live in Pittsburgh or near Pittsburgh or you just like Pittsburgh, June 4th, there's going to be a Les Hangouts trivia night at 5801 Video Lounge. And the best place to get more information is find the Pittsburgh Les Hangouts Facebook group. And I also want to give a shout out to Kaylee, who's the organizer of those. She has been so on top of everything. And I'm just excited to see. I think Pittsburgh Les Hangouts are going to be really awesome. We also have a Les Hangout in Denver on May 18th, which is coming up very soon. And this is at... Two of my friends from college both live in Denver, and they were so great to volunteer their house for a hangout. They're going to have a hangout at their house. If you want to email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com, I will send you the address if you live anywhere near the Denver area. That's going to be super fun. And don't forget to pour one out for Eloise, who will be turning one on the 18th as well. Oh, Celebrate Eloise's birthday with it's a remote a, birthday celebration with a gay party in Denver. Yes. Also, Les Hangouts Boston 
Ellie's putting something together for June 13th. Do you want to tell all the details? Yes. So we are going to be going to Turtle Swamp Brewing Company, which is in Jamaica Plain at 7 p.m. I have reserved one of the top rooms. So depending on how many people come, we will have a good amount of space. I will also be there. So if you want to actually meet me, that's the best place to go. I'm super excited. It's on a Thursday night. So if the spirit moves us, we also might go to Queer Yoki after, which you all know is my favorite. So super excited for our first Les Hangouts in Boston. And there are just going to be more Les Hangouts being planned. So if you want to find out if there's one near you or if you want to help organize one near you, please reach out. We are so excited to see these start to really get rolling. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Also, in non-live show or Les Hangouts news, there are other lesbian things other than just us, Ellie. Did you know? What? (laughs) I know. And the one that we want to talk about before we get into this week's episode is that Batwoman, they just announced, is getting a series run. So we are going to have yet another queer superhero played by a queer actress on our TV screens. Gonna be great. Very excited to see how that turns out. I am so stupid excited for Batwoman. Ruby Rose is going to slay. It's going to be great. And that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And welcome everyone to season two, episode 17, our next installment of Les Sensuals. Les Sensuals is a recurring segment on the show that we use to dive into some classic lesbian movies or shows. Uh, And as a reminder, we are writing and recording original songs for every Les Sensuals that we do these days. So you're going to want to stick around to the end of the episode to hear our original song for this Les Sensuals. It's called Number One. Because for this Les Sensuals episode, we're going to be breaking down one of our newest lesbian film obsessions, <laughs> The Favorite. Oh my god, this movie. I am so excited for this. Ever since I saw this movie in theaters, I told Lee she needed to see it because there was no way we are not dissecting this crazy, <laughs> intricately beautifully done movie like most of the other I will say most of the other Les Sensuals films that we have reviewed have I don't want to say been worse is the wrong word but have had far less of a budget yes for sure (laughs) yes so yeah we're we're gonna get into some of the sets and things in this movie yes I mean it's this movie is expansive is that yes is that an accurate term to use it's incredible it's incredibly done incredible cast just wow 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 those are my feelings yes it's so great (laughs) and i'm so Uh, excited to start talking about it if anyone has not seen the favorite yet uh i'm so sorry first of all see it immediately my deep condolences. It is a 2018 movie. It was written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara, and it was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. It stars the all-star cast of Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne, Emma Stone as Abigail Hill, and Rachel Weiss as Lady Sarah of Marlborough. Thank God. Also, shout out to Olivia Coleman for winning a freaking Oscar yes. for this performance. Which because she slays in this movie. She kills it. So, oh my God. I In the rewatch, I fell in love with her even more. <laughs> 
she's and let's, just... Let's be fair. How hard is it to star in a movie where you have Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone fighting for your lesbian affections? Yeah. I mean, easiest role, but... Life could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I also want to say, not to give anything super away, but she literally has a line... That says, <laughs> I like it when she puts her tongue inside of me <laughs> and won an Oscar. Let's just throw that out there. Don't we all? Yes. Olivia, yes. don't we all? Uh, yes, 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 yes. It is. She's brilliant in this. She's brilliant. just brilliant. Because she's also, I mean, we're going to joke a lot about. Yes, she's insane. Yeah. She's bonkers in this movie. It's it's, I cannot wait. I can't wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves. It's going to be so hard to rein it all in. I know. Um, so let's start. We're going to try to hold it together at least long enough to get through our IMDb blurb for the movie. So <clears throat> without further ado, in early 18th century England, a frail Queen Anne occupies the throne and her close friend, Lady Sarah, governs the country in her stead. When a new servant, Abigail, arrives, her charm endears her to Sarah? Yeah, seems incorrect imdb i guess but we'll go with it okay so i think that's an accurate description for maybe the first 20 minutes yeah. of the film <laughs> uh until sarah has an conversation with abigail yeah, much, but yeah well well we'll get it we'll get there because sarah does take abigail as her maid that's how she like she does. That's yes. how she works her way up in the yes. system. But the the movie does not hinge on Sarah being endeared or Abigail, Abigail being endeared endearing to herself to yes. Sarah. It, yes, it that is not the main plot point. Another maybe person, another maybe yes being involved. Maybe. So yeah, I mean, I feel like we don't usually do a gay synopsis for our La essentials because they're already gay. But I feel like this synopsis Needs drastically one. oh yeah underplays what the movie is really about. So I think we should write our own gay synopsis. So if you had a gay synopsis for the movie, Ellie, what would it be? Oh my god. Okay, in early 18th century England, a frail Queen Anne occupies the throne and her two lesbian lovers lady sarah and abigail occupy her secret love nest slash her bed very nice very yeah. nice mine would be 18th century lesbian drama almost ruins england yes <laughs> yeah okay amazing it's just conniving you know. lesbians will be conniving <laughs> lesbians uh, it is some petty lesbian bullshit that we are about to get into yes honestly change the setting and this could literally just be a lesbian love triangle anywhere yeah 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 there's a lot of other shit to, to dissect. Obviously, so there's some serious power dynamics at play, but... Let's get started. Let's, let's do it. Let's get started. All right, let's jump in. So, I we have to start in the opening sequence, and I will say this is a strong start. Mm -hmm. So, we have Queen Anne in her robes, looking majestic, but also psychotic as she does. Did they win a, a costumes, uh Oscar for Best Costumes? I don't think they did. I think Black Panther they were won. Ridiculous. I think Black Panther won for costumes. I mean, I will not fault Black Panther any Oscar that it won ever. Yes. But I will say the costumes in this movie were bananas. Incredible. And my second note is Rachel Weiss's boobs. <laughs> Speaking of costumes. That would be your next note. They, 
they are really pushed right up. Right up. <laughs> I'm just, you know when they have like movie billings and it's like in order of appearance and I'm just picturing your in order of appearance is like Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weiss, Rachel Weiss's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because that's the main thing that I noticed. But this whole intro sequence really sets us up for the dynamic between Sarah and the Queen, at least. Number one... <laughs> The queen wants Sarah to play with her bunnies, <laughs> which also sets up another pivotal character, the bunnies. The bunnies, yeah. <laughs> All of her rabbits. Rachel Weiss, which, Rachel Weiss's boobs, the bunnies. The okay. bunnies, yeah. In order of appearance and importance. So Sarah, who's Rachel Weiss, says, love has limits. And the queen says, it should not. Yes. And just those two lines... Like, and her limits are, I'm not touching your freaking rabbits. <laughs> She's like, it's, it's macabre, I think is exactly. Lesbians gotta draw the line somewhere, you Exactly. Know? She's like, you can love your pets, but I don't have to love them. So <laughs> we have, we will see later. I mean, this whole thing hinges on these two very drastically different characters, which will be introduced to Emma Stone's character later. But at least for now, Sarah's character is the tell it to you like it is always power play like asserts her dominance very actively in comparison to the general uh let's say feminine wiles version (laughs) of trying to get your way which we will see later sarah never never lies to the queen she doesn't. She she tries to control her. She's very manipulative. She is manipulative, but she doesn't lie. Yes. You know, and that's sort of interesting. So that's the first little cutscene. Before we jump to the title, there's another important thing. So I think we learn a lot about Sarah's character, Rachel Weiss's character. Yes. In that opening scene, in terms of her view on love and how she treats the people that she loves. And there are limits, and she is very honest and very forthright with the people that she cares about. Mm -hmm. And I think we immediately see Queen Anne's take on this situation, which is she's building her a palace. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. if she does anything, it is to want to spoil the people around her that she cares about. And I think those, I think, are setting up their two sort of character approaches to relationships to love to caring about people she's gonna build her a palace there you yes go. and she shows her the replica of said palace so yeah starts off where you know that rachel vice really gets some favors from the queen we do not know what kind of favors the queen gets in return but we shall see about that so starts <laughs> i'm really doing a lot of foreshadowing i hope you've all seen the film <laughs> okay Um, now we can do our chapter titles so each of the chapter titles is a quote from that chapter and this one is this mud stinks (laughs) i think it's really interesting the choice of quote for each chapter but this one in particular because the main theme of this chapter is emma stone arriving at the palace yeah it's, it's meeting abigail right yeah meeting abigail And I think it is a metaphor for where she's come from, right? Which is literal shit. But she also falls into mud when she gets there. Which is actually shit. (laughs) Which is actually shit. 
Yeah. So <laughs> she shows up all muddy. It's like this like cut scene kind of thing. And one of the servants tells her literally when she says this mud stinks that people shit in the streets there because it's a form of political protest. <laughs> yeah, my first note on her character just I literally said, "Oh, Emma, cuz she just looks like the most naive, innocent little poor little thing, you know, in her little hat mm-hmm. and her little dress and she just seems so unprepared for what she is coming into at the palace." This is another thing that I love about this film is that Okay, it's a period piece, so the first thing you come into it thinking is, like, this is going to be super serious, just because of the setting. <laughs> and you still have, like, so much of Emma Stone's comedic genius. I mean, everyone is really, really yeah. funny in this film. This is one of my favorite parts. So Emma Stone shows up, and she is thrust into a room with Sarah. The first time she ever meets Sarah, she's covered in shit. <laughs> And she's trying to make a case, like, to get hired because she has no family. They're related. So we find out that they're related. They're cousins. Uh, and she needs a favor. And Rachel Weiss literally says, what should I make you? A monster for the children to play with? <laughs> a monster. <laughs> and she acts like a monster. Yeah. She gives she... her little... <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird and great. <laughs> okay, but if we're going to call out... Emma's acting chops for comedy in this scene. How do we leave out some of the best deadpan humor that Rachel Weiss has when they meet? Because she has two lines that I just kill me, kill me every time I watch this scene. Where, so having had this little prank played on her where they send Abigail in covered in shit and she walks into the room and the first thing that lady sarah says she just goes i didn't know the new sewer ended in here yes (laughs) and then abigail has little flies buzzing around her and she just goes friends of yours yes (laughs) just deadpan perfect perfect delivery the best lines oh my god they really do then we do find out all about you know, Sarah's backstory, her father was a gambler, lost all of his money on whist, and burned their house down. Not great. <laughs> Not the best. The irony of that, though, is that they say nobody bets on whist, but then we immediately go to <laughs> geese racing. <laughs> yeah, they're, ra- they're literally racing ducks. Another running theme in this movie is a theme that I have annotated in my notes as this is why we should eat the rich. Um, (laughs) They just have so much time and so much money and so many servants and no actual fucking clue what to do with themselves. And so they do shit like race ducks around. Exactly. And the cinematography here is amazing because it just shows so much like how ridiculous aristocracy is. Can I take us down the lesbian rabbit hole real quick? Because, yes, you please. know, it's my favorite thing to do. Yes. So Harley, who I wrote in my notes immediately, hi, Tony, because he's played by Nicholas Holt, who also played Tony in the first uh, UK Skins. Amazing. Um, which is home of two of our other favorite lesbian couple of Naomi and Emily. So even though he wasn't even in their season, I'm still calling it a lesbian rabbit hole moment. And there you go. Love Tony. Love Nicholas Holt. He's fantastic in this as well. He is incredible in this. He is one of my favorite characters by far. 
great. And he and Rachel Weiss together in every together scene Together is in so funny. He literally in the first amazing. scene calls her a cunt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just like And do- doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. It never stops. He is constantly jealous and mad that the queen bestows all of her favors upon Sarah and he is of the opposition party and everything that he wants is completely against what Sarah wants. So they are always constantly fighting to get the queen's approval. But fighting in like the most backwards, undercutty, petty way. Oh, so petty. And their dialogue is amazing. Another one of my favorite comebacks is when he's pissed that she's getting a palace because, of course, they're taxing his entire party to finance this whole war that they're in. Uh, And so he finds out that she's getting a palace and he comes over to, like, stomp his little feet at her. And he says, it will not stand. And she goes, it will if I use the finest craftsman in the land. Yes. (laughs) Which they're just the way that they make jokes and their plays on words. And I love it. So, so much. And she delivers every single one of them just impeccably. Which also brings us to one of the next scene where the queen comes in (laughs) with her makeup done. (laughs) And she asks, how does she look? And this is where another time that she really does not pull any punches. She just says, you look like a badger. (laughs) (laughs) Which is something only Lady Sarah could get away with with the queen. And my favorite part about it is that she goes, well, look at yourself. How do you think you look? And the queen just goes, like a badger. Like a badger. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> but this is another point where Sarah, like, she's straight up with the queen. She does not lie. But also she is conniving as hell yeah. because she didn't want the queen to meet with Russia. She wanted to meet with Russia. And so she tells the queen the truth, which is the queen looks like a ridiculous badger. And she knows if the queen doesn't look good, she won't go and meet up with the Russian delegation. (laughs) Oh, that is a moment. That is a moment. (laughs) I want someone to make the badger eyes the next big makeup thing. Oh, Olivia Coleman made the badger eyes work, but you know, (laughs) it was badger eyes still. Oh, well, wait, wait. I have one quick note All right. on... Because poor Abigail. Abigail gets the prank played on the oh, walking yeah, into the room covered in shit. Yeah. And then she... So my note is, man, it is always April Fool's around here. Because then <laughs> they make her clean the floor with lye and, like, burn the shit out of her hands. Which yep. is not a super important note, but it is a pretty important plot point that she has the shit burned out of her hands for what happens coming up soon. So. Yes. So no one really likes Abigail very much as the new little servant in town. Well, because she straddles the line between like she she is a lady technically, but she's fallen from grace. Do you think that's it, though? I feel like they would have been shitty to anyone who was new because realistically, what else did they have to amuse themselves with? Yeah, they're probably just bored. Their, Their life was soap on a rope and getting like slathered with bucket water in the mornings and then yelled at by the queen all day. So I feel like they would have just... You're right. Taking it out on whoever they could. And Abigail was their first victim. Abigail was Of many. So then we move on to the queen having gout, which is where I think we also see a really nice side of Rachel Weiss. She's so gentle and loving. She is so gentle and loving. And this is going to come up many times after this. This is my take on the film. Sorry to go like... (laughs) But I truly think (laughs) that Sarah, Lady Sarah... Loves the queen. Oh, she definitely does. Yes. She does use her. She does manipulate her. But I do think she does have 
feelings of love towards her. Yes. And care. And I, I do think when she says later on that she, d the things that she would do for her country, I don't think that she does anything that she does to move herself ahead. I think she does it for what she thinks is the good of England. Yes. But she absolutely does love her. I mean, God, this the whole scene with the gout where, where Queen Anne doesn't want her to leave and the, she just keeps, are you still there? You, yes. 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 <laughs> are you still there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite. They're so sweet, right? I mean, yes. it is in that weird, weird kind of way that everything in this movie is a little weird. Um, it is, I think, it's loving. There's love. Yeah. It is, I think, one of the first moments that we really see some tenderness yeah. Between the two of them. And you can see that Sarah is not just using the queen, even though that is part of what she is doing. She does care about her. Tenderness and a slab of beef wrapped around your leg. Who could ask for more? Right. Really? <laughs> and they also talk about their first meeting, which is actually a little bit reminiscent of Saving Face. Uh-huh. I was thinking the same thing. Right? Yes. I'm like, all these lesbian tropes that we didn't even know were lesbian tropes. Like, oh, we met when we were young and a boy was beating on me and you beat the crap out of him. And you beat the shit out of him. Yes, I yeah. love it. Like, oh, awesome. Okay, 20 bucks says that tiny little lady Marlboro was wearing the 18th century equivalent of a Christy McNichol tee. Oh my God. <laughs> Which would be what? I, I, I don't even know what that would mean, but she was wearing it. It's like whatever specific kind of frilly little shirt was the equivalent. That's what she was wearing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her whole riding gear, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I think it it's it's a really important plot point, actually, because I think this scene really, really shows that even before she wanted anything from the queen. How could she want something from the queen when she was, like, however young? Right. She wasn't the queen yet, right? She always protected her. She always because, was, like, her protector. Because of love. Because, because of, of love. feelings. Yeah, because of feelings. Ugh. Yeah, and then we have the, are you still there, which makes me die. <laughs> and also, Abigail comes in and sees that the queen has gout and helps. This is one of the one of the moments that I think is a big turning point of her getting a little bit closer to the queen. Yeah, I have it all caps like Abigail is starting to lie her way to the top. Yep. Goes out, she picks some herbs to stop the pain. And realistically, the the reason that I wanted to mention when she gets her hands burned to shit with lie before is she doesn't actually go out and pick herbs for the queen she picks them for herself and then i think it occurs to her that these might come in useful right yes and boy do they they do which is another thing to say my stance on this film is i am a sarah stan <laughs> <laughs> i am all about lady sarah she is the queen of this film and abigail is a conniving no good girl even though she played... No good girl. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. You're not pulling any punches, I know. Ellie. I really, really got her there. <laughs> you showed her, man. She's no good. She portrays herself as this sweet, caring person. Like, on the outside, when you see as we go along, she's only out for herself. Yeah. And I really do think that Lady Sarah, on the outside, seems like she's only out for herself. But on the inside, is actually a, a big sweetheart. So... And maybe that's just my love of Rachel Weiss. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but I think that is 
their characters. She applies all the stuff to the gout. And Sarah at first is like, what the heck are you doing here? Like, you're not allowed to be here. She sneaks into her room. Yeah, lies to the servant, lies her way into the room. Yeah, lies her way into the room, lies her way everywhere. Tells people that she needs to be whipped whipped and stripped, stripped and whipped, which is one of our drinking games. Yeah, probably rules. you should strip first then whip. I mean... Yeah, stripped and whipped. When she finds out that the herbs actually help the queen with the gout, she softens a bit because she's a big softy. <laughs> and that's when she's like, oh, maybe Abigail could be useful. Yeah, although for all that Sarah is a smart, smart lady, she has this one line when she, you know, starts questioning Abigail about the herbs and whatever, um, where she says, I guess you're too kind for your own good, which like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, ha <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's like, no. She takes her in as her servant, but she does not trust her. Let's yeah, be real. not quite yet, but I think she will come to trust her less in time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, then we do see all of Abigail's conniving. She starts moving up and she gets her own room away from the rest of the servants. And now she's taken on as Sarah's maid. So we go to our next chapter, which is I do fear confusion and accidents. <laughs> Don't we all? This is actually our second introduction to Colonel Masham in the beginning of this. We saw him first with the herbs we didn't really talk about. Um, when Abigail's picking the herbs, she sees a pretty boy in the woods. Which is He's our so little... pretty, isn't he? He's so pretty. <laughs> which is our introduction to Colonel Masham, who is... Most definitely enamored with Abigail. And she knows mm -hmm. that. She seems to be flirt flirting with him, but I'm not sure. Uh, Harley's sitting with Godolphin. And they're talking about the war extending. And Harley doesn't want the war to extend. Godolphin does. And so does Sarah. And Sarah comes in delivering a message from the queen. <laughs> Quote unquote. The, this is one of my the favorite best lines. Line please, in the whole movie. please let me say it. It's so Go good. For it. <laughs> the message from the queen is that Harley is a fop and a prat and smells like a 96 year old French whore's vajuju. <laughs> <laughs> and she delivers it so deadpan. I honestly, if you haven't seen the movie, just look up that line. Like, that's it. That's fine. That's all you need to watch. Oh. Just watch Rachel Weisz saying a 96-year-old French horse for Juju. It's, it's so good. Amazing. It's so amazing. I also, I do love in this movie because there's so many efforts that were made to be historically accurate. The sets are amazing. The costumes are amazing the fact that they just drop in words like for juju <laughs> it just also it serves i think to similarly unbalance you as a viewer the same way that some of the filming does with like the super fisheye wide yeah angle lenses like it's just but it's so funny it's, it's so just yeah funny. it's just enough to be period and just enough to be like wait what <laughs> <laughs> and another line she says here too this is this is her just gloating the queen has said the war is going to continue and they're doubling the land tax which he is not happy about um your mascara is running <laughs> Because Harley is done up, made yeah. up all the time. Very ridiculous. 
with the wigs and the makeup and the high heels and the yeah it's yeah it's a lot it's so much um okay but wait is it more or less on a scale uh harley's general attire versus lady sarah's jaunty pirate shooting outfit oh my god her shooting outfit is so much honestly that's that is coming i have a few other things before that (laughs) that is part of the drinking game anytime she's in her shooting outfit of course because good lord she is ridiculously hot and ridiculous but one of my favorite lines too is she says sometimes a lady likes to have some fun yes and i'm like Uh, yes. And we have this moment where we see Abigail be conniving as fuck again, where she's just in the corner of the room. Nobody's paying attention to you, Abigail. And she starts coughing and sneezing like, (laughs) I think I caught a chill picking the herbs for your leg. (laughs) Like, just throwing that Uh, in there. The fakest cough too, right? She's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm so sick. (laughs) and so now you can see sarah to be like "Mm." oh yeah she sees exactly she sees exactly what she's doing and so the queen now knows that abigail was the one who got all those things for her Mm -hmm. but this brings us to the aforementioned shooting outfit jauntiest pirate in the land is what she is (laughs) and yet again honorable mention to rachel weiss's boobs (laughs) But she's got the little, like, the tricorn hat. The hat, hat. yeah, the hat. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It is such a power move. And, like, anytime there are multiple times that they are shown shooting, and this is the first time, every time they bring the shooting sequence back, it's a metaphor for how their little fight is going. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So in the beginning, Abigail has no clue how to shoot a gun, even. And Sarah is telling her, and she is teaching her how, and she says, I will make a killer of you yet. Famous last words. Yeah, right? Lady Sarah. So menacing. And I literally said, she doesn't even know with all these exclamation points. (laughs) But she doesn't even know how much of a killer she is about to make Abigail. Rachel Weiss in that shooting outfit like all day, every day. I'm torn. Do we stay and talk about the jaunty pirate outfit forever or do we move on to the next scene coming up which is one of the best things (laughs) in the entire movie which is the ball the ball i just want to know who choreograph like who is the choreographer (laughs) okay because here's the other thing where we talk about you know dropping little words like vajuju in i think that's a great example the other go-to example to me of places where they just said hey, I get that we're doing a period piece, but like, let's just fuck around with it a little bit, is this whole <laughs> dance. dance sequence. I want to know how many takes did they have to do for Rachel Weiss and I should look up his name, the guy who plays Masham, for them to get through every part of that dance sequence without... It literally looks like a secret laughing. handshake from a 90s movie. <laughs> it is. Th- 
the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. There, I just feel like every time the camera kept cutting back to the next thing that they were doing, and I would just laugh even harder. I don't know how it kept getting more ridiculous. The hands. So what, <laughs> the first one is their hands. Like they're yeah, they're just. This is a podcast, and everyone can see our hands. But you know what we're talking about. Then the lifts. Oh my god, the little hip. Hit ones it, and the, <laughs> like how bad they are at dancing. Like that's uh, the best. Is like he lifts her, but she doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like she's dead weight. <laughs> and, and then he's down on the floor doing like the little Russian kick <laughs> things. Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> but the best part is like so. You, this scene is told through Queen Anne's face. <laughs> and I'm just like, I want to know what the hell they were doing when it was on her face. Because that, oh my God, so good. We will pay you money if you have the unedited footage of the entire dance. Uh, it's it's just a work of oh, art is what my it is. God. It's amazing. So then Queen Anne gets very jealous of this ridiculous dance, which is honestly comical. Like, how are you going to be jealous of this dance? Like, this is not romantic. It's not intimate. Like, it's fucking weird. <laughs> but I guess she's probably also more jealous just that she couldn't dance ridiculously in public with her love. You know, it's a lesbian thing. Her love is with another man. I get it. Sure. Um, and a very pretty man. I mean, a very it's pretty fine. man. The point where she says, stop, stop it. They're literally, they're kicking. Like they're doing a <laughs> kick. Like they're doing all these kicks. <laughs> like horrible. <sighs> but this is the first time because we haven't seen anything yet. But we have suspected. This is the first time we really see some lesbian feelings emerge. Right? So we're like, why is she so jealous? Yeah. So jealous. My literal note on this part of the movie is I just wrote down, after the show, it's the after party. Oh my god. <laughs> and the after party is a rager. And it's yeah. also a roller coaster. Because the first thing she does is the queen slaps Sarah in the face. Which is never okay in a relationship. No. It's not cool, people. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. But obviously we have different relationship styles in, in the 18th century. <laughs> but she slaps her and Sarah just goes, that's okay. She just left yeah, her Yeah, she's very her. blase about the whole thing. It feels as though this has happened before. Oh, it's definitely not it's the not first, first time, time yeah. she slapped no, no. her. And then she just goes, let's go fast. And starts pushing her like a child in her wheelchair. <laughs> this is so many of the times where Queen Anne just is so childish. Yeah. Like, she is well, a child. And it's hard because mentally she is. She's a little stuck somewhere a lot of the time. Yes. You know? Yes. Probably due to many, many strokes is my guess, but still. Still. We have this scene where you're like, oh, cute friendship, love. And then we get into their secret private quarters and Sarah sits on Queen Anne's lap in the wheelchair and we're like, huh, uh -huh. something's going on here and we're not the well, only people. We're, yeah. we're going, huh, someone else is also going, huh. huh. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Emma Stone is in the room. <laughs> Whoops. So that's cool. <laughs> but this is another piece of ammo for Abigail. Which, you, it's an honest mistake that anyone could have made when you have a room that's 3,000 square feet illuminated by a single candle. Yeah. You don't see in all the dark corners, you yep. know? And they did not see Abigail at all. It's the real dangers of life before electricity. Right? <laughs> oh, God. You, If you were going to be like, oh, Abigail, it was just a misunderstanding. She sees them make out. Mm-hmm. And she also hears the queen say, fuck me. <laughs> so, uh... Mm-hmm. Just very up for interpretation. Especially when they then proceed to fuck. Whatever could she have meant? Pretty clear what was going yeah. on there. I also would like to take this moment <laughs> to talk about... Well, number one, the sex scene. I feel like it's pretty well done. Wish there was more detail... As yeah, you always. don't see a lot. I mean, again, we're down to the one candle, you know. Yeah, you don't really see a lot. But I also think that's it mostly is because that's how it propels the story forward. It's like, I understand the choice to mostly show Abigail's reactions. Yeah. But I also wish we got a little bit more of that sex scene. Let's be real. Um, Especially after having seen, because my note here is also like, God, imagine having to undress from all of the clothes that they were wearing, which are involved. They probably just cut it for time. Let's be real. <laughs> but to be fair, I do want to point out that they had the opportunity uh, to give us a similar gift the way that the Carmilla movie oh, gave I us. Oh, I know. The gift of undressing from some, you know, 18th century corsets, and it's just, there were plenty of options, so let's just put it out there. Props to the Carmilla movie, and could have done a little more, the favorite. Could have done a little more, I agree. From what we do see, and we'll see a little bit later, I find it really interesting because... I feel like the main things between Sarah and Abigail, which is this running thing, is that Abigail feels like she's in control, but she's not. And Sarah knows she's in control. So even though, yes, the queen was like, fuck me, and Sarah did what she was told, she was in control of that situation. You're saying Sarah was the top. Sarah was the top. Okay. Sarah was the top. Sarah was in control. She is the one, like actively choosing to do certain things and i feel like for the most part she's in control of that relationship even from the second she started dancing with that guy she knew that queen anne would be jealous see and abigail is so the bottom in her relationship with the queen that's so true mm -hmm. i hadn't even thought of that yet yes so that I mean, was especially at the end yeah we're gonna get there yeah we'll yeah. get there but <laughs> there there is definitely a much different power dynamic yeah. between the queen and Sarah and the queen and Abigail, for sure. Okay, so we see that immediately after Abigail sneaks out of the room, she doesn't get to witness the whole thing. Harley's right outside. <laughs> yeah, As, right, right place at the right time, Harley. <laughs> and he decides he's going to try to make a pact with Abigail. Which is also um, another really beautiful use of language here. He talks about Masham and how he's construct. <laughs> yeah, he really likes that word. He really loves that word. Yeah. So I also like that phrase, though. <laughs> like, I know people have people have uh, mixed feelings about the word cunt. 
but used in the term construct, I sort of love. It's like in lust, but yeah, I like it. So that's part of the drinking game because I just like that word drink when I say it. <laughs> he tries to enlist Abigail to be on his side and she is in a precarious position with what is going on on the other side of that door. So, yes, you know. She doesn't give that away too much yet. will continue yeah. to develop. Then we go to the day after. And I just love the interaction between Sarah and the queen the day after they've had their little night together. And it's the same thing where I just feel like Sarah is so in control. Because mm-hmm. now she's like, whatever I want, I'm going to ask of you. And that's what I'm going to get. And she's like, yes, of course, because you gave me everything I wanted last night. So... The little tit for tat, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we get the shooting gear again. (laughs) I'm so excited that our lesbian pirate is back. It's back. Thank God. And this is the second scene. So we have a different power dynamic. Every time the shooting scene comes, things are a little different. Abigail now has a little bit of information about Sarah. Just, Just a little. Just a little. Just a little bit. She also has this whole thing where Harley came to her. And so she tells... Abigail tells Sarah that Harley came to her and she's trying to gain her confidence, but Sarah's not buying it. Then Abigail tries to pull this power play where she's like, oh, well, I do have information, even your biggest secret. (laughs) Yeah, she lays it all out there. She really uh, does. Boy, Lady Sarah's not having any of that. Oh, no. She shoots at her. (laughs) (laughs) Because, thank God, (laughs) scares the shit out of Abigail. And has this whole, it's such a power play. And that is where, and that is where we have the line from the beginning. Basically, she shot at her and the, it was a, basically a blank, right? Yeah, she didn't load the pellet. But she sort of threatens Abigail to be like, you know what? I forgot this time, but maybe I won't the next time. I do fear confusion and accidents. <laughs> I'll make it look like an accident, bitch, and I will kill you. <laughs> she also has this great summation of how funny it can be to make someone believe that you're going to shoot a gun at them, but without actually loading the bullet of, it is a great jape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love. It's like, yes. like, nice prank, huh, Abigail? Yes, you're like, oh is. my god. Uh, yeah. Hello, my name is Alison Larkin. And I'm a writer, comedian, and narrator and host of the Jane Austen podcast. This podcast brings Jane Austen's stories to the 21st century, along with commentary from me and conversations with fascinating people who all share a love of Jane Austen. And of course, we had to start with none other than pride and prejudice. So join me as we embark on a journey through some of the most wonderful stories I know. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Terrifying. This brings us back to the Queen, who this is really the peak of her. She's too much. She is too well, much. This I have my other we should eat the rich moment, the the next one of when she's just eating the cake. So she's like the blue cake and she just keeps eating it. Yes. And then leaning over to puke and someone has to like run out with a little yes. vase so she can puke blue frosting into a vase because that's apparently what she's doing all day now. Yes. <laughs> I'm just eating cake and then throwing it up immediately. Because she wants Sarah's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because she didn't get enough of it the other night. She's so desperate for attention that 
she attempts to jump out the window. And this is another amazing line. First of all, Sarah's like, I'm not having it. Pushes her out the window, pushes her into the, into the room. It's like, all right, pushes you done. her out the window. It's a different movie. She's like, yeah, then the movie's over. She's dead. No, she pushes her back in the window. She's like, we've done this too many times. Like, we're not doing this today. And she says, I am not food. You cannot just eat and eat. Mm-hmm. And the queen says, and yet you are so tasty and salty. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, they're not leaving too much to the imagination in terms of what their relationship is. No, they really are not. And I do feel like this is where, even still, there's such the difference between Sarah and Abigail. Because Sarah has a lot of power over the queen. Because she's not always available. She, it's like, oh my god, it's such classic, like, relationship shit. That, yeah. that one person who's, like, never available and, like, only gives you attention when they want to give you attention. And you're like, oh my god, I love them so much. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, but she's so sweet. Like, this other person who's always, like, doting over you. And you're like, oh, love yep. her so much. But, like, the second the other person gives you attention you're like bye cute girl who is so sweet to me let me hang out with this one who doesn't pay any attention to me which is the trap that sarah's about to fall into oh yes which brings us into chapter three what an outfit mistakes are gonna be made yep sarah tells the queen she'll come and she'll play whist with her sends abigail instead bad choice all downhill from here bad choice so abigail Number one, loves the rabbits. And immediately grasps the significance of the rabbits to the queen. Yes. I don't think she really loves the rabbits. She's a lie. Sees, yeah, she sees that the rabbits are really important to the queen. She's like, oh my god, I love your rabbits. Mm -hmm. Like pretending to love everything that this person you're interested in loves just to get their attention. Abigail is twisted. All she had to do was love the rabbits and she was so in. But we learn what the rabbits are to Queen Anne, right? Which is that she has had 17 either miscarriages or stillbirths, which it is something too about this movie is most of this, I mean, sure, they're taking wild liberties with what we know factually about all of these people as historical figures. But this was also true. She did lose 17 children, had no heirs. So she has a bunny for each of them, which is also really sad. It makes me it's sad really for the queen. Sad. So, and it's really sad. The sad thing is, instead of, I think Abigail has a moment of sadness, but immediately also turns to how can this be used in my favor? Yep. Um, as she is so wont to do in yep. this movie. She really is. Uh, and so we see the queen and Abigail have a grand old time. Feeding the bunny's cake. Feeding the bunnies cake. Yeah, also not recommended. Ugh. Don't slap your girlfriend and don't feed your bunny cake. Just PSAs. PSAs. From, <laughs> from your friends here at Les Hangout. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then we go from that to <laughs> Abigail in her room and we have some Mashem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, do we. We have some very pretty Masham. I know. What an outfit. And that's where we have the what an outfit. He literally is in a blue and black striped outfit with so much makeup on. And the wig. He's got the the wig wig going on. The wig is ridiculous. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. And (laughs) Abigail says, have you come to seduce me or rape me? And he says, I'm a gentleman. And she says, so rape me. (laughs) Yeah. Rough. 
which is like funny, but also so not funny considering like what actually happened in that time. Well, period. and because part of you wants to say like, well, different times, how funny, but like, is it though? Really? Exactly. It's, we yeah. haven't I haven't come that far. No, so unfortunately, it's kind of like that. Ha ha, sort yeah. of laugh. Ha, 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 oh God, no. Yeah, and their whole scene is ridiculous with her biting his lip and stealing his wig, and th- they're so strange together. Yes. That's all that happens. She bites him, and then he leaves. So to, we do get the points uh, for Masham. Points for Masham, and we do also find out that he was sent there by Harley, who Harley's trying to use Masham to, you know, win over Abigail's loyalty as well. It's all everything. Everyone's is a game, using you each know? other, and the line that Harley says is, "A man must look pretty." <laughs> yes. 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 Although, to be fair, Masham is already a very pretty man. And Harley looks ridiculous this entire movie, and I love him so much. (laughs) Yes. This brings us to chapter four. Chapter three was a short chapter, um, which is a minor hitch. And at the beginning of this, Abigail is just lying and lying and lying and lying and lying to the queen. Hey, she is not just lying. She is putting the moves She is really putting on the moves. Because she knows... The queen doesn't know, but she knows that the queen has some pretty lesbian tendencies. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she is doing like her damnedest 18th century low-key lesbian flirting. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So much. You're so beautiful. No, you're lying. I'm like, no, stop. You're so gorgeous. And you're like, oh my God, stop, Abigail. If I were a man, I would ravish you. Yes. Wow. What if you were a woman, Abigail? Yes. Same shit. Uh, she knows exactly what she's saying, and she knows exactly how the queen is hearing it. Yep. And then the queen has one of her temper tantrums. <laughs> uh, of course, screaming at the people in the in the square to stop playing their instruments. She runs away from Abigail, and she is yeah. She takes a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we see she is she's having some feelings about all of her miscarriages and everything. Yeah, and I love the nurse with the baby in that scene where she's just like, she's like, great, your majesty, give me the baby back. Yeah, she's like, no, please, please, let me take the please, baby. Please don't, please don't take this baby. Yeah. The queen is like, where am I? And then someone's like, you're in the East Wing, ma'am. She's like, don't answer me. She's I so love crazy. Olivia Coleman yelling at servants in this movie is probably one of my favorite things. The other one that we skipped over a oh, little yeah, bit, but when it, she yeah. has the badger makeup and she's like servant that she walks past on her way back in the room and she's like don't look at me yeah what did, did you she look say at me? where she's like where she's and like he's look like, at me no yeah and she's like look at me look at me look at me and then he looks don't look at me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so this crazy. is similar crazy levels to that um psychotic but then abigail finds her and this is a big turning moment because abigail now is the one to soothe the queen, and Sarah is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And she soothes her with a little bit of dancing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which, Sarah doesn't dance with the queen. She doesn't. Mm-mm. She dances in front of the queen, yeah. but not with the queen, and certainly not with the queen by choreographing a whole dance to incorporate her crutches so that she can do everything with her little crutch and have this whole little dance routine for the two of them and also including the brilliant dance move of off with her head off with her head 
Which I just thought was amazing. So good. It's another little like meta joke humor that they slipped in there. It's kind of great. What I love about the scene, which is like super interesting, you can hear Sarah shooting in the background throughout the whole scene, which is just really cool, I think. Like you can literally hear her outside the window shooting. So it's like you remember Sarah Mm -hmm. in the scene. And then it brings us out to shooting. Round three. Now Abigail's shooting with her and the student has become the master in more ways than one. And Sarah is so jelly right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She is not happy. She is really not happy. Abigail beats her at shooting 13 to 11. And the final shot... The blood splatters all over Sarah's face, which is yep. like so, so dramatic and so, uh, such an amazing like shot. After the blood spat splatters on her face, a servant comes up and says, oh, the queen actually asked for Abigail and not Sarah. <sighs> oh, damn. Yeah. But Abigail's not going. Uh, Sarah shows up instead. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this. Their Do you like my is, face as I get ready for this? I know their relationship is so abusive. Like, yes, let's get excited about Sarah strangling the fucking queen. Okay, but literally, my notes say uh, pushes her up against the bed frame. Lesbians worldwide died. So, yes. R.I.P. Lesbians who watched this scene of the movie. Yes, dead, dead. <laughs> like such. Oh my god, such a power play. Where she, like, is like, you really thought I'd be jealous? And she, like, oh, my God. I mean, she was. She yeah. was. Whew. That scene is cr- crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's, we're just going to fan ourselves a little. It's, we're all good. We're all okay. It's fine. It's all fine. That scene is too much. I just feel like also the more you see Abigail, like, from this point on, the more conniving she she gets. And the more conniving you see that she is. Because then she's pissed off, right? And she tells Harley mm-hmm. that the queen is planning to double the land tax. After having not done it, right? Yep. So she had changed her mind about doubling the land tax, but Sarah talked her back into it. She is going to announce it at Parliament. But no. Then Harley does this crazy, like crazy manipulative speech. Oh, queen- so good though. So good. The queen faints in order to to not talk about the land tax. I love it so much. I wrote down, this is my new method of leaving awkward situations. Yes, just fall. <laughs> she just, just looks around wildly confused and then just throws herself to the ground. Yep, <laughs> yep. And uh, she gets out of it. Not great. Then we cut to um, Masham and Abigail in the woods. <laughs> Again, Which is some power dynamics going on here that I don't quite get. So strange. I'm going to chalk this one up to like, straight people, are you sure you're okay? Right? But here's the thing. The acting is so good that I'm like, believable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, what are you? They wrestle in the woods. Like, he sneaks up on her. Then she like, kicks him in the balls. Yeah, she beats the crap she out of him. She beats the crap scene. out of him. And then says, I'm going to marry you. So is that how straight people propose? I don't. I think so. I I don't know. If it's not, you know, tweet at us. Let us know. Let us know. Is that usual? Is that the norm? Or I don't know. But very, very strange. (laughs) Then we cut back. We cut back to 
them after this is just one of my favorite lines too of rachel weiss so the queen's like everyone was staring at me i even heard someone say fat someone called me fat and rachel weiss is like no one but me would call you that and i didn't (laughs) and you're like this is her like best friend and lover right and she's like no don't worry the way that i'm explaining away no one calling you fat is that it wasn't me right so it and no one else it. yeah oh my just god it's love so that's love to sarah you know it's so good um but we're about to find out what love means to abigail oh because god. following up on their wild romp in the woods beating the crap out of each other with her and masham abigail goes back wanders just wanders right into the queen's bedchambers. Oh my god, such an accident. And literally just strips down, arranges herself, fans her beautiful hair out on the bed, and lays down to have a little nap. Just a little naked nap. Just like you do. Which, damn girl, like... That Power shit's play. legit. That is a hardcore move to pull with the Queen of England to just trust in your own, you know, naked body to get yep. you not stripped and whipped again. So yeah, so she or does stripped that. stripped and whipped, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, someone else is gonna be whipped soon because the Queen walks in, finds a naked girl in her bed. And she's like, like, what are you doing? Please put your clothes back on and get out. And Abigail gets up, very cavalierly walks over naked to pick up her clothes, put them back on. I also love as she's leaving in her dress, just ripped to shit. And the (sighs) queen is like, what happened to your dress? And she just stops and goes, wolves. And (laughs) walks away. And just leaves. No questions. No questions. Leaves. But the queen <clears throat> calls her back in that night. Of course sends, she does. Sends a little servant. What a move. Of course she does. Whoops. Whoops. Calls her back in. They have a little fun of their own. And Sarah, who of course has her rooms, which have a secret passageway through these giant paintings on the wall, and she has a key into the queen's bedchambers. So Sarah makes her way over that night for, you know, maybe a little maybe a little booty call, maybe a little cuddle sesh, who knows? But she walks in, dead of night, and what does she find? But the queen wrapped around a naked Abigail. <laughs> oh, oh my. Oh uh, my god. I was on like pins and needles there. I was like, what does she find? Yeah, my it? my notes literally just say, girl, with like a bunch of eyes in there because Bad. this is about to get messy and yeah. I love it. And you can tell too because as she's walking away and you see in the candlelight after she's turned around, Abigail's eyes just open. Yep. And watch her walk away, and you're like, oh, shit, it shit. is gonna get yeah. real, so somebody is pissed, and that somebody is Lady Sarah. She is none too happy. And you do not want to piss off Lady Sarah, let's be real. No, because she will threaten to start kicking you and never stop. <laughs> <laughs> so she dismisses Abigail, 
and tells her to go back and tell them that she is a liar and a thief and she's gonna go back down and work with, you know, the scullery maids again, whatever. But this is where Lady Sarah has made a crucial, crucial mistake. Yep. Because if there's one person that you should not underestimate in this movie, it is Abigail Hill and her determination to get to the top. Bitch straight up fight clubs herself. Let's be real. She yep. walks out of that room, she takes a book, and she just starts hitting herself in the face with it as hard as she can until she is bleeding enough that she feels that she can win some sympathy from the queen, which she does. She does. I think we've hit our true mark of insanity for Abigail. Yeah. And yeah, she's she's good at this. So she fight clubs herself in the face, goes and sets herself up on the floor outside the queen's rooms, sobbing loudly until the queen comes out and finds her there. It is a performance. My lord. She is the epitome of conniving. Just batshit crazy. And really, really smart and very, very scary. And so we get this great scene of the queen and Lady Sarah walking out to a carriage. Lady Sarah is explaining to the queen how what a shame she had to let Abigail go because she was stealing from her. And the queen is saying nothing. And as they're getting closer to this carriage, Sarah starts to realize there's a certain someone standing, waiting outside the carriage. Uh, and this is where we get Ellie's favorite line. Yes. In the movie. She doesn't want to dismiss Abigail. The queen does not. Why? I like it when she puts her tongue inside me. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So we know what Queen Anne is is thinking with, which part of her body's making this decision. Nope. Um, and Sarah's been using that part of her body against her for a while. <laughs> but somebody else can also use it. So I'm going to say Sarah has made a pivotal mistake, but also the queen, like so many lesbians before her, has also made... Terrible, terrible mistake. Yep. <laughs> so there we go. We're on to our next chapter, which is what if I should fall asleep and slip under? So we're taking a mud bath like you do. Like you do. Like you do. And the queen had gone with Abigail. Sarah has invited herself along, shows up unannounced, uninvited, to join the queen in her bath to make sure she now realizes, I think, the error in judgment. Because Sarah, despite having made a mistake, she is not an idiot. Yep. So she decides she is not gonna let the queen out of her sight with Abigail anymore. And so she is now full force trying to use the entirety of her history with the queen to her own advantage. So she is in that mud bath pulling up all their inside jokes they're drawing little mud glasses on each other and they're using their little pet names for each other they're making little mud mustaches so someone else is now putting the moves on let's be real the queen is here for it she is loving having these two fighting over her she's got no complaints 
And like, why would you? No, 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 yeah. not at all. Not she, a bad, not a bad position to be in. As much as Queen Anne is not really with it enough to see everything that goes on around her, all of the politics, the games, the scheming, the manipulating, she can see that these two are fighting over her. Yeah, and she's okay with it. So we have this carriage ride home where she has fallen asleep on Sarah's shoulder. Sarah and Abigail are just shooting daggers at each other with their eyes there's this like insane music playing that you can just tell things are starting to ratchet out of control as they both try to whisper threats to each other yeah it's great it's all great um so they go back and abigail i think realizes that she also has perhaps underestimated lady sarah so which how can you come on look at her I mean, yes, but I think she didn't anticipate this level of anger being directed her way. And so she goes back. We have this great scene with her in the room with Masham trying to process her feelings out loud. So she has to think through, talk herself through what is going on, what lengths is she willing to go to to stay at the top. And every time that Masham tries to say anything, I just love this could you please shh when I'm thinking? Such a great line. I love yes. it. I love it so much. So yeah, so she decides that she is going to have to really, really push to the limits of her morality. And the next scene where she's in the queen's chambers and Sarah waltzes in and she immediately steps up and says, Oh, let me get you some tea to the queen. How th- How thoughtful. How sweet. What a deer. Yep. But she's not a deer because we got some roofies going yes. in that tea. <laughs> this is, oh my God, this is twisted. Things just yes. get so twisted. So she decides that she is going to roofie the shit out of Lady Sarah. So she dumps something in her tea, uh, whatever the 18th century equivalent of roofies is, probably an herb as well. Yes, and we know she knows her herbs. (laughs) She certainly does. So she roofies Lady Sarah and sends her along on her way. Because Lady Sarah storms out and takes her horse to go riding uh, home, which is a long way away, and she is all by herself, and she's not doing so hot. Not great. Not great at all. And so we now have, again, just this really weird sequence where a we have sarah sort of starting to realize that something is not right leaning over throwing up off the side of her horse falling out of her saddle getting caught on the stirrup getting caught on something and being dragged behind her horse as the horse spooks and then at the same time Another fantastic eat the rich scene, which is what is going on with the naked dude and the 
tomatoes? The What are they throwing at him? So weird. It's so <laughs> weird. What is even happening? There's a guy in a wig and he's naked and other rich people are just tossing produce at him. Sounds like a normal Friday night. Yeah, right? So it's strange. The filming is strange. Everyone is like laughing crazy. It's and yeah, very... the cinematography here is so good though. It's like, yeah, so like this is the same similar un... vibe to the duck racing at the beginning. Right. It's very uncomfortable. And Abigail walks by. Harley comes out to talk to her. She is on point in this scene. I love this conversation that she has with Harley because I think she's starting to realize she is in a better and better position with every passing day. And she has just, she's kind of riding high on having just roofied Sarah. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe that's a sentence that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> but she is, though. She's like but so. But true. She she's is like so, so getting happy off on with it. herself. Yeah. And so I think she's sort of feeling just in control. She feels invulnerable right now, you know? And so Harley is trying to like play these little court games with her. And she's like, as it turns out, I am capable of much unpleasantness because she's realized like, I'm literally willing to kill people to get what I want now. Because uh, I think in her mind, that's what she was expecting, right? Yes. So yeah, so she tells him they could have a mutually advantageous friendship, which is a fancy 18th century, like friends with benefits kind of term, but without the sex in this case. He keeps trying to bring up, you know, getting information or finding out what's going on. And she has this great line that she just goes, mm, my thing is what I wish to talk about. <laughs> yes. She's like, um, not your time, honey. Yeah. Not your time. She's like, that's great. I don't care. I want to talk about my thing now. Yep. Um, because let's be fair. That's really all Abigail cares about. Is her thing in general. Yeah, her yeah. thing and herself. So there you go. We move on to our next chapter, which is Stop Infection. And Lady Sarah has disappeared. <sighs> the saddest part of the whole movie. I know. Things are a-changing at the palace right now. So Harley is going on walks with the queen through their little hedge maze. The queen is trying to find out where Lady Sarah is. It's She's getting reports now that she hasn't been seen. The horse hasn't been seen. And she thinks that Sarah is playing games with her. Uh, which is another mistake of Sarah because she does always play games with her. And if she didn't play games, then she would know that she was missing for a real reason. But, you know, I don't actually think she does. I think she doesn't always give the queen what she wants, but she doesn't play games with her. And I think this is where the queen makes another makes mistake. her big mistake yeah. is she doesn't play this kind of game. Yes. You know, if she was going to not come when the queen wanted her because... Matters of state were taking precedence, fine. But she wouldn't just ignore her just to prove a point or just to hurt or her. Or just to disappear, yeah. Yeah, so um, this is where I think, you know, the influence of Abigail on the queen starts to kind of rear its head a little more because Abigail is playing games with her all the time, left and right. And so now she's projecting that onto a relationship with Sarah in a way that it's never really been there. So she says... Don't send riders after her. Don't go looking for her. She's just trying to make me jealous. And so she leaves poor Sarah to wake up in this amazing brothel. Looking amazing? Good. 
things are great. <laughs> so She's good. got people having real loud sex next to her. She's got a woman pouring some sort of moonshiny alcohol, I'm sure, onto her face, which is cut to shit. Um, I would just like to say she still looks so freaking hot. Yeah, so, she's she's looking pretty good still. She still looks great. <laughs> it's crazy. So she's there, and despite having said not to send riders in the middle of the afternoon, the queen wakes up, calls a guard in, and decides she needs Sarah now. Right away. And this, I just love this one little moment where she starts screaming and she's like, find her, find her right now. Uh, and this poor little servant who just, with his little candle, just starts turning around in a circle in the room as though like they're just playing hide and seek or something. <laughs> <laughs> where is she? And, like, she must be here somewhere. It was just so cute and charming. And like, what a, what a great little moment for that yes. one bit, bit character. Well done. Well done, little servant, servant well boy. Well done, I, little servant. <laughs> There are many little servants who deserve a pat on the back. And they There's some hilarious little servants. They have some great little moments, and I just liked that one. Um, so no one can find Lady Sarah yet, and so Queen Anne has to really kind of step up and actually run the country for a change. So she has Godolphin and Harley, who are there having meetings, trying to fill her in on the war efforts. There's this great moment where they're explaining about Lord Marlborough's forces and we haven't heard from him and he may be under siege or maybe he's not and we don't know and we can't lose this battle. And Abigail chimes in with a little, you know, it's like being fashionably late to your own party. A little, little analogy. The queen runs with it. She loves it. And so... She gets to make a decision as queen, which I get the feeling she hasn't done for a while. Yep. So she makes a little decision to send a, a battalion to the coast and, you know, gets to kind of move some forces around and go to war, all this stuff. She's feeling pretty good. She's feeling so good, in fact, that she decides to thank Abigail by giving her what Harley had sort of dripped into her ear, which is that she wants to marry Colonel Masham. <sighs> which yeah. I love. He's he's a sweet little cutie pie. I know, right? Poor, poor Masham in this poor movie. Poor Masham. He's just a pawn <laughs> in this whole game. What does it tell you when we're siding with the dude over one of the, the two lesbian confidants? I mean, yeah. Well, it tells you that freaking I love Rachel Weisz. <laughs> <laughs> and i love emma stone let's be real like oh, in real I, life yes. i'm obsessed with her but in this movie i'm not she, team abigail she's a crazy bitch not team crazy abigail. bitch in this movie no. so um so yeah so she's playing this naive little like oh i mean i i care for him not in the way i care for you you know play still playing that stroking the ego all this stuff but she does care for him enough to marry him and so she does and yep. this really is the end game for abigail this is all she has wanted is to get back to being a lady in court yep so she and has she got now it. gotten what she wanted she has uh the marriage she has the title she has a salary she's 
she's set as far as she's concerned, right? And now we get their wedding night, Ellie, your favorite. Oh, the best. The The best. Literally how every lesbian gives a (laughs) handjob. Is without looking at him and trying not to think about it as much as possible. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Great, great, great. Oh my god. Yes, poor Masham, who is sitting there, hard as a rock, not having anything done to him. So, yes, she proceeds to give him the world's most awkward handjob while still thinking out loud. (laughs) Yep. Still thinking out loud about how her life is like a maze that she continually thinks she's gotten out of, but she's not out yet because she still doesn't know what happened to Sarah. And Mm -hmm. it is stressing her out. Yeah, because she did not get rid of her, girl. No, because we know what happened to Sarah. She is still in the brothel with May. Everyone loves May in the brothel. She finally convinces someone to go find a dude walking a duck. (laughs) (laughs) Because how could you not miss him? Thank God for Godolphin and Horatio the Duck, who come to the rescue to save sweet Lady Sarah from May's brothel. (laughs) Oh my goodness, who'd have thought? Godolphin uh, to the rescue. I know, right? And he just, him walking in with that ridiculous wig and like carrying a literal duck is just amazing. Um, So Sarah finally, finally returns, returns to the palace, which A, I love. I love this whole scene because not only do I love her out of control swagger when she walks. Yes. Like back she's like, in. yeah, I survived, bitch. Oh my god, I love that so much. I also love, it's such a stupid thing, but of course, you know me, I couldn't ignore the musical element to that scene, which is the woman singing with, like, the dude at the harpsichord at the front of the room, and I just love that as she walks in, (laughs) she's, she's just singing this ridiculous line that's something like, music! Yes! (laughs) (laughs) i'm singing music i just i love it it's so i don't know why it made me laugh so much but that whole song was just ridiculous ridiculous it was so ridiculous it's the singer's version of the dance they did at the beginning yes yes it it is exactly what it is that must i love it it's so perfect so sarah walks in she confronts abigail slaps the shit out of her a little bit deserved because nobody in this movie wants to do anything other than beat the crap out of each other yeah but i'll just say first time a slap has really been deserved sorry yeah yeah. (laughs) uh i know because she's not buying abigail's trying to play this whole game of like isn't it great i have what i wanted and your home and we can just be friends now we don't have to fight anymore Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no girl Not even a little bit. So, yeah. On that note, we move to the next chapter, which is Leave That, I Like It. (laughs) So, poor Queen Anne, who is terrified uh, by Sarah's face. So, she walks in with a new mask-ish? Eye patch? Eye patch? Face Face patch? Let's call it the face patch. (laughs) I'm just saying, though, girl can rock a face patch. I think my favorite thing about her face patch is every time she... (laughs) 
every time she wears it, doesn't it kind of look like she's just wearing like a pair of weird underwear, like pulled across? <laughs> yeah, it's her the, face. It's, it's weirdly not symmetrical. No, and it's lacy and strange. So okay, so she's got rocking a new face patch so that she doesn't squ- scare the queen, and she tries to pull a power move, right? And so here's the thing. Sarah is not the top in this relationship, but she, girl's trying to play like she is. I know. So she comes in with all of the letters, the love letters that Anne has written her over the years and threatens basically to release them if the queen doesn't send Abigail away. Uh, What would happen if the general public had access to all of these letters that you wrote to a woman? If we're going to have more Les Hangout PSAs, this is why you don't drunk text, okay? (laughs) Yep, this is why you don't threaten outing someone as uh, a means to show them how much you love them. A lot of good life lessons in this movie. not good, not good. But as we said at the very beginning, she does actually love the queen. And so despite having made the threat, she immediately goes and burns all the letters. And I have a theory. My theory is that even making the threat, she must have realized the danger of... Abigail could get her hands on these. Because she was like, oh, Abigail would threaten her with these letters more than I would. Oh, God, yes. And I think she knows Abigail would follow through on them. And she does love the queen. And so she immediately goes and burns them. Um, And then tries to go back and apologize and tries to win her way back in. But she had to give up the key so she can't actually get into the queen's room. She's stuck behind the painting. Um, And I'm going to bring us right back around now because not only did we have our lesbian rabbit hole skins moment with Nicholas Holt being in this movie, but this is what I'm going to call Anne and Sarah's cat flap moment. So if you've watched the skins seasons with Naomi, with Naomi and Emily, they have this great scene where they're having this conversation through a door and they reach in and hold hands through the cat flap. And all I know is that they needed a cat flap and maybe everything would have been better. Would have been okay. (laughs) This scene makes me so sad because it is the point where you really realize. On a second rewatch, I realized from the beginning. But the first time you're like, oh my God, she loved her the whole time. Yep. Yeah, but there's no cat flap when you need one in your secret passageway to the queen's chambers. It's so sad. And also, more sad, I think, for the queen. Oh, yes. This is all... Everything in this movie is sad for the queen. I mean, she's just... At this point, she, like, she can't walk. Her face is drooping. She's just... It's a slow decline from start to finish for her. And she does not let Sarah in, and she does not accept her apology, because she tells her Abigail loves her in a way that Sarah doesn't, which is... A, laughably wrong. (laughs) Well, no, it's not, though. She, Abigail uses her. Abigail needs the queen. Sarah loves the queen. Yes. Just, she has different ways of showing it. So, yeah, it's, everything kind of gets bad for Sarah at this point. So, she's getting kicked out of her rooms. The queen is announcing a new prime minister in parliament. She is replacing Godolphin with Harley. And... 
Sarah has to sit and watch as all of her shit is moved out of her rooms so that Abigail can move in. And so she is, like, keeping stuff that she likes, and then <laughs> just this other great line where she goes, My maid is on the way up with something called a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> because that, I think, to Abigail is her true goal, right? That to her yep. is emblematic of her victory is I'm here, I have your room, I have my title, and I'm even gonna have a pineapple, bitch. Don't know what it is, but it sounds fancy and you don't have one. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna have the exotic fruit. Pineapple. <laughs> pineapple. So there you go. Our next chapter, I dreamt I stabbed you in the eye. Um, And one thing that I do love here is there's this great scene where... A, it's filmed really uncomfortably. There's a party. They're all having all, again, eat the rich. They're having this crazy dinner party. Everyone is drunk. Abigail is, like, flirting with all these other dudes. Masham has obviously caught on to the fact that he has made a huge mistake as well. So he's just sort of sadly watching <laughs> Abigail. It's so sad. <laughs> sitting in other dudes' laps. But the other thing is, did you notice her makeup in this scene? Oh, yeah. Because she's definitely a badger. Yeah. She's, she's like badgering. 100% a badger here, uh, which I just think is such a great call out to the scene before. She gets called to the queen's chambers. She goes, she's trying to pretend that she's going to take care of the queen, but she is so, so drunk. So drunk that she has to like get up, stumble over, throw up in uh, another vase. I'm just, okay. Maybe this can be our last PSA. I don't know if we'll have more, but um, <laughs> one more PSA, which is don't ever buy a vase from the 18th century because I'm pretty sure some rich person threw up in it. Threw up in it. Yep. That's just a little life hack from us to you. Uh, <laughs> don't do it. It's not worth it. So we have, you know, the closing out of this movie is kind of everyone is trying to get things back in order. Godolphin is trying to heal this fight between Sarah and the Queen. Um, I also, I love the Godolphin and Sarah scenes, and we haven't really touched on them yet, but they also have some really great, great moments. And he, this is also one of my favorite Godolphin lines when he's trying to talk Sarah into, you know, how she can get back into the Queen's good favor. And he has this great line, he just goes, you've chosen to keep the particulars of your dismissal from me. I shall leave a gap in the conversation for you to remedy that. <laughs> and then just sits there, patiently waiting. Yep. Not gonna get it, dude. Waiting for her to say something, and her response is instead, I feel a surge of desire to see your nose broken. So, yeah, he's getting nowhere, uh, but he does sort of convince Sarah to try to write a letter to the queen. He convinces the queen to expect a letter and be willing to read it. We have all these scenes of Sarah trying to write these letters that just are going from bad to worse and she's just like crumpling them up and tossing them on the floor. I imagine like her first one is like, you're fat and ugly. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Wrong a badger. words. Yeah. You look like a badger. Um, that is kind of how she starts and you know, she's trying to find softer words to say. So she does end up trying to write 
the letters. Meanwhile, the queen keeps checking the mail, checking for more letters. Uh, is there a such letter? a notebook moment? Is this all the mail there is? And and it's so sad too because you can just tell at this point she knows that there should be a letter coming, right? And so I feel like this is like the Victorian equivalent of she thinks she got ghosted. Yeah. Like I don't know what the 18th century term for sitting by your phone just waiting for a text (laughs) exactly um yeah so she's doing that's much slower in those days you know yeah a little bit (laughs) so she's being ghosted by lady sarah abigail's still trying to play her game so she's convincing the queen that sarah was stealing from her she's also intercepting the queen's mail and does find the letter from sarah and reads it and burns it so, you know, she's doing her part to uh, to keep up what she needs. The end result is the queen decides that since Sarah A was stealing from her, but mostly B has not written her a letter, that they are going to be banished. She's going to banish Lord and Lady Marlborough from the country because there is nothing that is better than being a pissed off ex-lover when you are the queen, bitch. Yep. <laughs> You're like, um, I don't want to see your face anymore in my country. Right. So exactly. you can leave <laughs> and I will force you to. Uh, which also is like peak pettiness. I love oh, it. yeah. So yeah, so they're going to be banished. And then the end of the movie, the queen's in bed. At this point, she is like barely a functional human anymore. And she wakes up to the sounds of Abigail, who is sitting in a chair, reading and eating. And a little bunny has hopped over to Abigail's chair. And she just looks down and sees it and steps on it, right? Just kind of like crushes it. Not a lot, but like enough to hurt it. Because again, I, I think that's very emblematic of who Abigail is as a person, is I have more power than this tiny creature, and yep. I can hurt it just because. I Because I could if I wanted to, right? And so the queen wakes up to the sounds of the bunny kind of screaming in pain a little bit. And I think this is when that the light bulb finally clicks yep. for her, right? Of what she has done. That she has put all her trust in someone who is not a trustworthy person. Yep. Um, and so she literally flops herself out of the bed, onto the floor, um, first, because she cannot stand up. And, uh, and because her... she's the queen and dramatic <laughs> and she, as fuck. And she's the queen. So in her desperation, she literally just throws herself off the bed um, and tries to get away from Abigail, realizes that she can't really get away from Abigail. And so we have this weird, weird. ending scene. Weird. Which my my take on this is I think this is Queen Anne trying to take what little power she still can out of this situation, right? That she has to know that she is still the queen and she needs Abigail to know yep. that she is still the queen. And so you have this weird thing where she asks Abigail to like kneel down and quote, rub her leg. Um, yeah, which we know this, what rubbing her legs yeah, means. Yeah, in this movie has sort of been a euphemism for... I mean, there's rubbing involved, right? Yeah. Sure. Maybe um, not, yeah. So Abigail's on her knees. The queen is, like, grabbing her by the hair as she rubs her 
leg. And that's kind of the ending scene of the movie is that. And then you just have these like rabbit, like a pile of rabbits overlaid underneath the footage. And that's the end of the movie. Yes. And it's such a strange shot because we have never seen a shot like that. That's the only time we've seen this overlay in the whole film. My take on the end, because there was this, there was a part where Sarah basically says to Abigail, like, I know you think you have won, but you're not free. Mm. Basically, you don't have any free will. Right. And like, you think you do, but you're, you're not, you're under the queen's control. And so that whole like overlay, I took that to be like, Abigail is one of the queen's pets. Like, and so she takes care of her, but she's still a pet. And lives in a cage. And lives in a cage. And even though Sarah is getting exiled, she's free. And I also, there's like a neat part of that too, where it's like Abigail was just hurting the rabbit because she could. And this is kind of the queen being like, well, I can hurt you because I can. And so you're like, kind of like a rabbit to me. Exactly. I like that. Exactly. So that's my take on the end. Very nice. Um, I love this film so much. (laughs) It's not, I will say it's not, I don't know if it's a happy ending. No, it's definitely not. For sure not a happy ending. I don't think anyone is happy at the end of this. No, for sure not a happy ending. But I do still love that we got, at this point, more lesbian films that are made, being made with such a high budget, such a high quality cast. I just think that says a lot for the future of lesbian films so i'm yes also i'm excited we are 100 percent here for rachel weiss continuing to play nothing but lesbians these days please please yeah. so Forever. so down for that so yeah i mean it's it's a weird movie it's a hilarious movie in a lot of ways so oh my god so funny it's very interestingly filmed and shot and directed i mean it's it's really really cool to watch and it is just such good acting of start to finish everyone in it is fantastic so we would definitely recommend checking it out if you have not already um i mean i think we just recorded about as much time as the movie is so is, you know yeah. so you can just listen fun. to us instead right yeah great but also but you it. should watch it it's great it's just very very weird loved it as always for all of our less essentials we have our drinking game rules because no lesbian movie is complete without our less essentials drinking games yet again we have to give a disclaimer please drink responsibly if you need to not do all of the rules we totally do not fault you for that or uh take a breather every now and then that's fine yes it's a long movie it is totally fine we want this to be a fun little accompaniment to the game so without further ado here is our drinking game for the favorite which we participated in ourselves at Clexicon with our patreon members so i know this one can be a bit of a doozy <laughs> all right rule number one anytime anyone says my dearest which quite a few Another, I really liked the words in this film, so there's a lot of anytime they say certain things. So, <laughs> number two, anytime they say stripped and whipped. Number Excellent. three, anytime Rachel Weiss is in her shooting outfit, because come on. Yes, please. Uh, anytime Rachel Weiss gets picked up in the dance scene, <laughs> which is 
Really a fun one. Anytime a rabbit is mentioned by name, the rabbits are mentioned a lot, but only when they're mentioned by name. I'm not trying to kill you. Yeah, otherwise the rabbits would kill you just on their own. Yeah, if you just saw a rabbit. That's too much. Anytime they say construct, which is only once, but honestly great. Anytime Rachel Weiss wears what we like to call her face patch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because poor Rachel Weiss. And the last one is anytime Emma Stone rubs the queen's legs. Metaphorically, literally. Whichever way you want to take that. However you want to take that. Yeah. (laughs) So. Does does that mean it's time, Ellie? Oh, yes. It's time for our Q and gay. Let's do it. Q. 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 And. Okay, I'm going to start us off. So as you all know, they're just some simple multiple choice or yes or no questions. And then you can all answer on our Twitter as well. So starting with question one, are you ready, Ellie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Lady Sarah or Abigail? I'm sorry, Emma Stone. Lady Sarah all day. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, Emma Stone looks too much like me. Like, I can't. I can see that. Yeah. I I look at her and I love her, but I couldn't envision, like, wanting to be with her. Whereas Rachel Weiss is just big crush. Big crush. Yeah. All right. Number two. Best Sarah dance move. (laughs) A, the lift. B, the hands, C, the kicks, or D, the finger back in. Oh, it, how are you supposed to choose between all of these excellent, excellent moves? I know, it's too uh, much. I think I have to go with the hands because it's the part that makes me laugh the most every time we watch this. It's so ridiculous. For me, it's the <laughs> lift. I don't, the, like, just her face <laughs> and just, like, her not smiling at all while being lifted in the air. It's very serious business, Ellie. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's so great. Ah, uh, question three. What is the most egregious eat the rich moment? Is it the duck racing, throwing up in every vase, yelling at the servants, or the tomato throwing party? It has to be the tomato throwing party like the duck racing is pretty ridiculous but the tomato throwing party is just like wait what (laughs) like why is there a naked man getting tomatoes thrown at him it makes no sense insanity yeah all right number four what is your favorite lady sarah look a mud mustache b jaunty pirate outfit or c face patch the jauntiest of pirates. There's no topping her shooting outfit. You just can't. Oh, it's so good. She sails the seven seas of our hearts in that jaunty pirate outfit. I can't get enough of it. It's so good. Uh, question five, Ellie. Last question. Would you rub the queen's legs? Yes or no? If I was in the situation that these two women were in, I would rub the queen's legs. <laughs> I would. Uh, yeah, of course you I would. would. It's fine. And remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community, and we want to take the opportunity to shout out some of our favorite things that have been happening every episode. And the first thing that we want to shout out is our commission portrait. Lee got us a commission portrait. We look so cute, and I love it. <laughs> it was so cool. I saw someone, her name, if you want to find her on social medias, her name is Cabeza de Alteza. She is great. She had very, very reasonable rates for commission work. I 
cannot say uh, enough about how prompt and how talented she was. So I jumped at the chance to help support a queer artist and also get a super cool portrait of us. We look so cute. Yeah, I love it so much. You can find it on our Twitter, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, on our everything. We make a cute cartoon. What can I say? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, I also want to shout out Matt from Geekographs because when we were at Clexicon, I was wandering around the Artist Alley and stopped by the Geekographs booth, which if you haven't seen them, they're super, super cool, and had a chance to chat with Matt. We kind of geeked out over the tick, which I promise I'm going to make Ellie watch and we are going to do a Should Have Been Gay yes, on it. Yes, I know. It's on my, it is high on my list. We have a lot of things to watch. It's fine. But chatted with Matt. He was such a great guy. He's a huge erper, as are both Ellie and myself. And he now has listened to like almost our entire podcast. And I just thought that was amazing. So you're the best, Matt. I'm so excited that you like the podcast. And hopefully we will see you at another con soon. Oh, yeah. And as always, we have to thank our top tier lesbian Jesus patrons, Amy and Ellen. Kayla Kelly. Lizette Stye. Tanya Ferguson. Jess Klaus. Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie Ann Lawrence, and Mark Foster. Thank you so much to all of you and to all of our patrons who make this podcast possible for us. We could not do it without your support. Remember, you can find us on all the social medias. We are at Les Hangout Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts about this gem of a film. You can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. And make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast player you use so you'll be the first to know when we get new episodes. We also are posting new episodes. We also are posting new videos on our YouTube channel every other Thursday. And you can... You're doing great. Let's try this one more time. We are also posting new videos every other Thursday on our YouTube channel. So make sure that you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. If you want to support the podcast, the best and easiest way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast, and we also love hearing from you. If you want to support us financially, you can join our Patreon family. We have so many patrons. We have so much fun doing watch parties for Les Essentials like we did for The Favorite. We have all sorts of other cool perks that you get, like ad-free episodes and behind-the-scenes bloopers or videos of some of our interviews. It's a ton of fun, and you can find that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. And if you want some merch, Pride is right around the corner. We... (laughs) have so many pride designs. We actually have a new pride design that we are releasing this week, which we are really excited about. So we hope you'll check that out and get your Les Hangout Pride gear at bit.ly slash shop. If you want to watch The Favorite or any of our other Les Essentials or Should Have Been Gay movies, you can do that on Amazon at amazon.com slash shop slash leshangoutpod. And if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Bridgeda on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we have an original song titled Number One that we're excited to share with you. So be sure to stick around after sign off to listen. And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's hang out. Are matters of court and matters of heart. There are stories you carry. Right
scars There are times in life you'll find You've got to choose who you are With the right connections you could go far I've never felt I should accept what I've been given I tend to see how I can better my position You can't expect to get respect just by wishing Could you please when I'm thinking I wanna be your number one You're said and done, your bell of the bomb I wanna be your girl on top I'll never stop till I Sometimes a lady likes to have fun My life has always been a labyrinth of hedges And when I think I'm free I'm right back in the trenches I'll have to push my morals right to the edge Is there a price I wouldn't pay for? Your Highness, don't I promise me I always loved you. Your kindness grows behind the leaves in spring. Can we establish? I would ravish you. I swear, my queen. Now try this dance move. I've invented causes I wanna be your number one, you're said and done, your bell of the ball. I wanna be your girl.